You know, Paul is encouraged and his faith is strengthened when he remembers Timothy. And he does so in a very interesting way. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Jen. And this is Bible Discovery TV. Now, Bible Discovery TV takes you through the Bible. And we are in the last words that Paul wrote uh, before he was uh, executed. Now, this is very interesting. Second Timothy chapter one. We're going to begin reading. It's going to be very good. So stay there about three minutes time. Corey? I'm taking a look at Timothy, this disciple of Christ and student and spiritual son of the Apostle Paul. Ryan? An important question for us today. Can all sins be forgiven or not? Isn't there that unpardonable sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? We'll talk about it. All right, that's a very good one, Janice. It's our Friday wrap-up question. It's going to be anywhere from, let's see, Colossians chapter 3 to 2 Timothy chapter 4. All right, take your Bible guide, open it up. Let's open the Bible and find out what God said. Second Timothy 1, 1 through 9. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. 2 Timothy 1 to 4. Now this is a very, very important passage of scripture, you know, because time has a limit. It is not eternal. As some people tend to think, time has a limit. The Bible tells us that there was a beginning and there will be an end. Time is finite. This concept affects how we see God working in our lives today. First of all, we understand a new meaning to the term life because we will live, if we believe in Jesus Christ, forever with the Lord in eternity. And that takes us so far beyond the small confines of time here on earth. It's unbelievable. Praise God. Yet God places us in time and calls us to his service for a reason. In his second letter to Timothy, 
Paul writes while awaiting his death in prison and reminds Timothy that God has selected them to proclaim the gospel even today. God has selected and designated us to be present in this time. And I believe the Bible to be more relevant now than it has ever been. Now, there is more truth in the word of God than any other book. Truth is difficult to find in today's world, let me tell you. In fact, many don't believe that truth exists at all. But God's time is controlled by God's history. And Paul encourages Timothy to be loyal to Jesus Christ and never be ashamed of the gospel. Now, 2 Timothy is the last words we believe that Paul ever wrote before he was crucified, or not crucified, but before he was beheaded. And this is important to remember because of how he writes. So let's think about this. Take your Bible guide and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to teach on this. And this is very important. Before and beyond time. (laughs) You never thought you'd be doing principles of uh, science here, did you? Well, anyway, here we go. I pray, Lord, today that you would help us to hear you in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that we would understand what you're telling us about time, what you're telling us about our life, the second that we exist right now. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and help us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, if you're watching on the internet, uh, you're probably part of this narcissistic culture that we live in today. I say that very specifically. But if you're a Christian and in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know the challenges of pride in life and you've realized that we have to pay attention to the Lord. We have to put our attention on him. So through the internet, through the phone, through television, however you want to watch us, let's look at this teaching and pay attention to it because the Lord is going to speak. Paul, first, first verse of 2 Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, a beloved son. He always says that. I love that. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you also. Paul is encouraging, encouraged and thankful when he remembers Timothy's faith. You see, our faith in Jesus Christ always lives beyond our present life. Did you see what he did there? Paul mentioned Eunice and Lois, his mother and his grandmother. Did you see what he did there? He said, do you understand what's happening here, Timothy? Your faith, which is consistent over the generations, has encouraged me. You know, that's amazing. Your faith is encouraged if you are somebody from a Christian family, by the people before you. I can say that my grandfathers and my great-grandfathers prayed for me and they didn't even know me, my great-grandfathers. That's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it's really something. Now, these last words of Paul continue. Verse six, 
Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Notice that. God has not given or God has given his love, power and sound mind to those who serve and trust in him. That's very important today, right now. As we see the news, we must keep our faith renewed in the Lord Jesus Christ, beloved. Faith in God is so important today. I mean, it's so easy to watch the news and become very discouraged. But when you, when you read the Bible and see that much of the news is already in the Bible and you, you understand what God's talking about here. But if you've never read the Bible, you're going to be confused and driven by the news. Don't do that. Be driven by your relationship with God. Come to know Jesus and be driven by that which is beyond this world. Because God still speaks to us today. Let me tell you, it's very important. I remember thinking several years ago, maybe three years ago, I looked at my wife watching television. I said, it's like we're watching a science fiction movie and this is the news. I never thought I'd see the things we're seeing now. But I want to tell you something. I'm glad to be alive because God has made me alive for this time. Praise God. And if you need to know Christ, I'm going to tell you how to find him in just a second. But let's read this last scripture. Eight and nine. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus before time began. What is Paul saying? Now, remember this. As Christians, our destiny was determined before time began. Are you serious? Absolutely. You see, when we have faith in Jesus Christ and we serve God, we are fulfilling his destiny. So I want to tell you something very important. Time is finite, just like the universe is not infinite, but the universe is finite, even though it's huge, gigantic, so big we can't imagine it. But did you know that God knows the number of stars in this universe? Calls them, all those stars are called by his name. Well, we name them after the gods of Rome, but we named such a small portion of them. God calls them all by his own name. He is so amazing, God is. Absolutely stunning. And if you want to know him, pray with me. And we pray like this in your heart, in your mind, say it out loud. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you died and rose again in the flesh. And I need forgiveness for my sin. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is what I pray. Help me today, Lord. And all of us, every single one of us who are watching this program, whatever time or wherever we're at, we all said together, amen, or make it so. Make it so, Lord Jesus, in your wonderful name. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. 
That's right, on your phone, your iPhone, or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. So we find ourselves in the book of 2 Timothy, which of course, very obviously, when you begin to read the book of 2 Timothy, you, you realize that it's another letter of Paul. Uh, again, this time, just like 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy is a personal letter to Timothy. Uh, and I want to take a, a more, a closer look at Timothy as we see him throughout the scriptures, because it's not just here in 1 and 2 Timothy that he's mentioned, he's referenced several other times. Uh, so let's just, dive right into the Bible, see what we can learn about Timothy and piece it all together. An often unsung hero of early Christianity, Timothy is first mentioned in the Bible in Acts chapter 16. Then he, Paul, came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. Timothy is said to have traveled with Paul during his second and third missionary journeys. His name is found as the co-author and co-sender of no less than six of the books of the New Testament, co-authored with the Apostle Paul. Many scholars believe that Timothy also acted as one of Paul's amanuenses, his scribes. And in the book of Romans, Timothy sent a greeting through Paul to the church in Rome, insinuating that Timothy was with Paul when he wrote the letter. There are also three times in the New Testament books when it is recorded that Timothy acted as Paul's letter carrier, traveling to the recipients and staying to instruct them beyond the contents of the letter. In the New Testament books named after him, 1st and 2nd Timothy, we have messages from Paul to Timothy who was left in charge of the church at Ephesus. 1st Timothy gives instructions from Paul on how to deal with a certain heresy that had made its way into the Ephesian church. This heresy included false teaching from the Torah, asceticism that forbade marriage, and a false prideful kind of knowledge. And it's the reason that Paul gave strict instructions on choosing church leaders. The book of 2 Timothy is by far the most personal letter of Paul that we have. During its writing, Paul was a prisoner and believed himself to be close to death. Many place the writing of 2 Timothy during Emperor Nero's persecution of Christians in Rome from AD 64 to 68, during which the Apostle Paul is believed to have been executed. Paul's commendations and his personal trust in Timothy appear throughout his letter, and his appeal for Timothy to come to him quickly before he's martyred shows the importance of their friendship. After Paul's martyrdom, Timothy would continue on in his leadership of the early church, fulfilling his call and running his race well. Hopefully in the next uh, coming weeks, these last few weeks of the year, we're gonna be taking a look at some other people that are often mentioned by the Apostle Paul, though no official books of the Bible were written to these people. So there's a handful of some more Bible biographies coming up. Bible biographies. I like that, that's yeah. good. Uh, it's, 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 this is all part of understanding the scripture better. And I think that's great, very good. Okay, Ryan, you're up. All right, well, today I'm going to be dealing with what seems to be a difficulty in the Bible, because certain passages, such as 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, 
Acts chapter 13, verse 39, and Titus chapter 2, verse 14, which is actually a part of tomorrow's reading, proclaim that all sins can be forgiven. Yet Jesus, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 31, Mark chapter 3, verse 29, and Luke chapter 12, verse 10, warns that he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. Now, how are these various scriptures to be reconciled? And what does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? Well, it's a really good question, and there are different uh, different views on this. And this segment represents just one of these views, but I think that it's a good one that's consistent with Scripture. Check it out. Does the Bible contain errors and contradictions? A growing many think it does. For example, critics ask, can all sins be forgiven or not? Passages such as 1 John 1.9, Acts 13.39, and Titus 2.14 clearly teach that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. However, other passages such as Matthew 12.31, Mark 3.29, and Luke 12.10 also clearly teach that he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. How then can these different passages possibly be reconciled? First, we must ask, what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Author Bodhi Hodge believes that it has to do with one's relationship status with Jesus Christ. He says, when one receives Christ, one receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. But if one does not receive Christ, then one does not receive the Holy Spirit, which is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. This idea seems to be consistent with the two groups of passages in question, which in reality are not in conflict, but are speaking of two different groups of people. Indeed, in the greater context of the passages in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus is speaking to unbelievers. Here the Pharisees accuse Jesus of casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub, rather than by the Holy Spirit of God. This was high blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and it would not be forgiven them, because they would forever reject Christ. However, on the flip side, says Hodge, the passages in Acts, Titus, and 1 John are speaking of the believers in Christ and reveal that they are justified from all things, from every lawless deed, cleansed from all unrighteousness. So believers in Christ have been forgiven of any previous blasphemy, since he is faithful and just to forgive. However, to those unbelievers who die without Christ, their blasphemy shall not be forgiven. Okay, so what we have here isn't a contradiction, but two sets of scriptures speaking to two separate groups of people, namely believers and unbelievers. So blasphemy against the Holy Spirit seems to have to do with your relationship status with God. So when you receive Christ, you also receive the Holy Spirit. But if you don't receive Christ, then you don't receive the Holy Spirit, which is in itself blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. If this is the right understanding, then what blessed assurance that we have as believers in Jesus Christ, since if we have Christ, we also have the Holy Spirit and are therefore not in a position to blaspheme the Holy Spirit anymore. We have been forgiven, just as promised in the scriptures. But to those who never accept Jesus Christ, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. So if you're living without Jesus, then I pray that you'd invite him into your life today as your Lord and your Savior. He is real and he is very much alive and only he can offer you eternal security. That's uh, an important question to resolve. We, uh, as a pastor, people all the time resolve it and you're, you're ordained as a minister. 
And Ryan, uh, what we have to remember is because everybody who comes to me, not everybody, but a lot of people who came to me said, I'm just worried that I've committed the unpardonable sin. Mm -hmm. And you have to go through this over and over and over again, because inside of them, there is something <laughs> that nags at them. And I believe what the, what the enemy does, because he's the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. What he does is he gets inside sometimes and he says, see what you've done? See how bad you've done? Yeah. And for that, you go back to Zechariah chapter two and chapter four and all that. And it says that Satan was accusing Joshua. Mm -hmm. and, Zechariah 3. And, and Zechariah yeah. says specifically that God, in that case, God came down and said, stop it. Mm -hmm. Don't accuse anymore. And I, I think that's important to remember yeah. as because we focus. It, because it's not that your sin isn't bad. Your yep. sin is bad. Mm -hmm. Your sin's damnable bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's that we trust that Jesus Christ and his sacrifice is sufficient That's right. to yes. pay for our sin, to mm -hmm. cover our sin. Mm -hmm. Right? Joshua's garments were dirty. Dirty. Yeah. He, he, they were dirty. Yep. Satan had a point. But it didn't matter because it's not our works. It's not us being clean. The that's work the of Jesus Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Because the Lord yeah. said, bring him clean garments, put a clean turban on his head. Yes. He clothed him in, I, in clean, in clean yeah. clothes. So I it's, remember it's this I, trusting issue where we have to, we have to kind of get over ourselves yeah. well, and trust that Jesus is enough. And it's a hard thing to do. I sat with a guy for three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, and three years, he, he just struggled with this and mm -hmm. he wouldn't take communion, the whole thing. But then yeah. he, in, in the week, he came back to God and all of that. And I said to him, you know, you've got to, you've got to come to grips with this. Jesus work is enough. And do you know, he got it mm -hmm. after three years, mm -hmm. he got it. And mm -hmm. what a release for him to recognize mm -hmm. it's not his work. But it's the work of Jesus yeah. Christ that if, saved him. If the if the God who's powerful enough to create this entire universe says the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is enough, it's enough. Mm -hmm. It's enough. It's enough. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very. That's it's mm -hmm. just really interesting. Mm -hmm. And and as we talk about it, Ryan, uh, you talked about your DVD, but go ahead. Yeah, this is coming out uh, in a few days from now. This is called The World by Design. It's brand new. This is actually the third installment now. And these are sets of interviews that I've conducted at uh, creation conferences. This creation conference happened just uh, a few months ago. And uh, I really encourage you to keep your eye out for this because I talk to these guys about a lot of different topics, including uh, aliens and UFOs, ancient Egypt, natural selection, genetics, dinosaurs, DNA, distant starlight. So it's loaded with all these different topics and it's a it's gonna be a great resource if you have um, unbelievers that you're trying to witness to or, or just to help you with your own walk. Uh, so this will be available in DVD and digital downloads. So uh, watch I, It's that. important, I think, to remember that if you have those scientists are just outstanding men, mm -hmm. uh, PhDs, the whole business, and they're outstanding men. And then you interviewed, um, Richard Fangrad, and you interviewed the other gentleman. Um, and it's just a really good interview and a good presentation. So mm. that's good. I, I just watch for it because in a couple of days, we're going to be offering it. All right, Janice. Our question, if you're ready, are you ready? 
We'll find out. Yeah. Right? I'm not sure. Yes, so, we can. Let's find out. Are <laughs> so we ready? Th- th- this section of scripture is a little bit more complicated for me to try to to get a question mm-hmm. that that actually is something that I can give multiple choice answers for. So it's, it's a little bit tricky, but I came up with this. Okay. Who was? And it's a short question, but it could throw you off. Who was Timothy's grandmother? Think about it. Hmm. Think about it. Who was Timothy's grandmother? Paul mentions it. Was it Lois? It's a good question. Was it Martha? Was it Eunice? Who was Timothy's grandmother? And don't cheat. Dude, I'm not. I, dr- I'm just laughing at really oh, man, I know. That's a tricky question. I didn't know. So you yeah. have to just I'm reacting to Ryan and Corinth. That's a tricky question oh, because one was the mother and one was the grandmother. Mm-hmm. It's Eunice and Lois, but which one is which? which is it Lois it? and Eunice or Eunice and Lois? <laughs> Because he, he mentions his mother first. Go with your gut. What does your gut say? My gut says that it's mentioned Eunice and Lois, which would make Eunice his mother and Lois his grandmother. That's what my gut says. Then I... But I don't know for sure. We're going to go with that, I think. Yeah, Lois is his grandmother. Lois? All right. So... The, uh, uh, oh, uh, we got uh, the thumbs up. Now, see? <laughs> I, I do. No, I do. you... No, no. <laughs> Who, I'm sorry, folks. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. Who was Timothy's grandmother? Lois, Martha, or Eunice? 2 Timothy 1.5, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, yes, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So you actually had it reversed, but you reversed it, it, it in the right, right order. I reversed it in the right order. Yeah, in my, it's fine. <laughs> Now it's coming up to the mid-month and we're going to go to the end of the month with this, but I'll tell you, there's a short period of time. I want to tell you about it. Be on the mailing list to receive the January Bible Guide. Many people have already gotten theirs. 
But this is new material for next year. I'm very excited about it. We're going to send it out every month. So uh, we would appreciate it if you did that. And we thank you for your gifts. And we really appreciate that. Father, we pray today that you would help us to know the full purpose that you've called us to in this time. We pray for the world. Help the world today in Jesus' name. Amen.